Thanks for coming in, Mr. Mahoney. Do you have your member ID card? Yep, I have it right here in the FEP Blue app. See? Great. It's can I... awesome. The app can also help me find a provider and keep tabs on my deductibles. Okay, can I... Oh, yeah, and my out-of-pocket spending and visit limits, and I can call the nurse line. I'm really glad it does all that, but I only need to see your member ID card. Oh, that's it? Why didn't you say so? Fearless is just one tap away. With the new FEP Blue app from Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you can access your health benefits on the go. Download it now at fepblue.org app. Hello, everybody. John B. from GangreenNation.com here, and this is the Locked On Jets podcast for this Thursday, the 16th of February in the year 2017. Thank you so much for listening. So on Thursdays, we uh, typically do a mailbag show where you send me questions in the comment section of GangreenNation.com. So why don't we jump straight in? And our first question actually was not from the comments of GangreenNation.com. They were emailed to me. And... uh, it goes, what are your thoughts on Devin Smith? I realize he's had tough luck from an injury standpoint, but even when he was activated, he barely saw the field at the end of last year. I had high hopes for this former second rounder. I don't understand why they didn't give him more of a look at the end of last year. Um, so I th- there are lots of things I think about Smith. When the Jets drafted him out of Ohio State in the second round in 2015, there was a lot about his game that I liked, but I also went in thinking that he was a bit of a project. He was a good he was a guy who was going to require some degree of development because at Ohio State it seemed to me he was kind of a deep ball specialist and there were parts of his game that were unrefined. Uh we'll talk about route running. You know, I don't think he was really running a full route tree. And the thing about the NFL is that you you're not going to last if you only do one thing well because NFL teams are have good enough athletes and smart sophisticated enough coaches that they'll be there they could take away one thing from you if you only do one thing well they can figure out a way to take that one thing away from you so smith's game was going to need some work it was going to need some refinement um i thought that it was going to take some time for him now the question i ask you and i'm going to answer it um when do players improve the most and i think it, there are two there are two times of the year because and it's not during the season because during the season the coaches the coaches are focused on game planning they're focused on winning the game that week they're focused on this this game this week's opponent so I think that's the two times where you have a chance to really kind of get individualized instruction and focus on developing not that they're not trying to develop players while they're winning but they're two the two points of the year where you have a lot of one-on-one time with coaches and their focus is just develop on developing you are training camp and during the off-season practices the off-season program now think about devin smith's career so far two training camps one off-season program and he's missed all of, he's missed almost all of it because his rookie training camp in 2015 he suffered a serious injury and at that point i've pretty much said i pretty much wrote off his 2015 because again this was a guy who this game needed a lot of work, and I don't think that they were going to totally develop him in the course of one training camp, but I thought maybe it was a situation where when you add in the practice time during the year, maybe he'd get enough under his belt that late in the year he could come on. I pretty much wrote him off, and then something something unexpected happened. The Jets kept sticking him in the lineup, even though he wasn't even as good as, say, Kendrell Tompkins after he got healthy. And I was kind of puzzled by that. I thought it was because he was a second-round pick that they wanted to get him on the field. Of course, the Jets' second-round pick a year later, they had no hesitation keeping him in mothballs, Christian Hackenberg. So not really sure why they were so insistent on getting Smith on the field. 
there's lots of talk about you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't have a big arm, so Smith was Smith came into the league as kind of a deep uh, route specialist. So Fitzpatrick got blamed for a lot of Smith's woes, but honestly, Smith really did not do a whole lot that well. But I'm not ex- I wasn't expecting him to do that. Thing is, Smith gets hurt again near the end of 2015. That cost him the entire offseason program, and it cost him training camp. So pretty much every t- every point where Smith could have worked on his game, he's been sidelined from an injury. And that's it's not really his fault. But at the same time, the, as the old saying goes, the best type of, av- of availability is availability, and Smith has not been available. So I think you're looking at a guy who I still think does have some potential. I think you almost have to write 2016 off because he missed so much time from the injury he suffered late in 2015. So I think he's entering a big year, though, because as much as it might not be his fault, Robbie Anderson has passed him in terms of the team's hierarchy when it comes to young receivers. And Smith is a guy who is going to have to battle for a roster spot. He may have to battle a Sharon Peak, a, J- a Jalen Marshall. Now, it depends on what the Jets do with the receiver position, but... At the end of the day, he's going to be 25 years old at the start of training camp. That's not that. Now it's not that. You may say that's not old, but for a guy who's a project, it is kind of old. He's going to be entering his third year. Now, rookie contract that only lasts four years, so you're in year three of your kind of developmental stage. It, maybe it's not entirely fair, but that's the way the league works. Is that if you don't start, sh- if you don't show something by the time you're 25, odds are very much against that you're going to turn into a good player in this league so this is a big offseason he's going to have to really hone his game quite a bit and show that he earns a roster spot you think about the Jets recent history in two of the last three years they have cut a former second round pick who was in his third training camp it was Stephen Hill in 2014 it was Jason Morrow last year Smith is in danger of making that three out of four years if he doesn't show something again it's not all his fault but at the he just has not it just hasn't worked out yet and this is his chance now he's going to get a chance he's going to get a chance to show this coaching staff he deserves a roster spot he's going to show them that he get he can stay on the field again look he suffered some serious injuries and it's not necessarily that he's showing that he's injury prone but you can't you can't there's only so long you can uh live off potential at some point that potential actually has to turn into production and and so I think Smith is in a bit of trouble, but I'm not ready to write him out yet. Um, so our next question uh, deals with the Jets cutting Ryan Clady, and the question is, how big of a disaster is it if Ben Ijelana is the starting left tackle going into week one? And the uh, person asking the question adds, personally, I'd put it down as a pretty big disaster, but not much of a bigger disaster than starting Ryan Clady would have been. And you know what? I, I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you on that. I think it's a big disaster. Left tackle is one of the most important positions on the field. It's of course protects the blind side of the quarterback. And I mentioned, I think I mentioned this in a show a couple days ago. It, even it, even if you have a bad right tackle, and look, you if you remember long enough, you go back to 2011, the job Wayne Hunter did. I mean, bad right tackle can help sink your season as much as a bad player at any other spot on the field. But if I have a bad right tackle, and this is assuming I have a righty quarterback, my quarterback can at least protect himself to a certain extent. He can step up. He can move within the pocket. He can at least protect the ball if he sees the right tackle's beaten. Quarterback can't see what's happening with the guy the left tackle's blocking. So if the left tackle loses, you're in trouble. And if you have a really bad left tackle, 
you're in a lot of trouble because your quarterback's going to get hit a lot and not see it coming. It's going to lead to turnover. It's going to lead the quarterback, you know, possibly injury. But more than that, quarterbacks have to be able to trust their protection. If the quarterback doesn't trust his protection, he's going to start rushing his delivery. He's going to go through his progressions too fast, not give his receivers a chance to get open. It really messes with his internal clock. So you got big problems there. And it, heck, it, it would even be one thing if you had a Ryan Fitzpatrick who, for all his faults, did get, get, the, did get the ball out quickly. If you're going with a younger, less experienced quarterback who's going to take need more time to process what's happening in front of him, you've got a real problem if you've got an Ijolana starting. So, I, And I think it's tricky because there aren't a lot of great solutions out there. But I also agree with you when you say it's not that much bigger, of a, not much more of a disaster than it would have been for Ryan Clady starting from this standpoint. And I'm going to tell you something I say about another player is a lot of, and some people seem to disagree with this, but if if you looked at the number one corner on the Jets this season, if you just looked at his film, you looked at his numbers, and his name was not Darrell Revis, you would say you would automatically say cut him. It's I think it's the label that people that are getting people uh, making people think that cutting Revis's salary is an option. It, what you had is you're I think you're living off the memories, you're living off the reputation when it comes to a Revis if you think he should come back because if you took any if you were just watching him and you didn't know that guy used to be great you'd say that guy doesn't belong in a starting role on this team and i think in some ways it's the same way with ryan clady clady clady's had a good career at one point he was a star level player with the broncos but that was a long time ago that was back he really hasn't been a star level player since 2012 and he really hasn't been able to stay on the field since 2012 i don't think his play last season was all that great for the jets so i think there are people out there who thought it would be a good idea to hold on to clady until you got something better under the idea that Clady is a viable stopgap. I think he showed last year he's not a viable stopgap. He's not a whole lot better than Ijolana. I think if his name wasn't Ryan Clady and he didn't have those memories in Denver, you wouldn't think that this was a fallback option because he really wasn't in terms of his ability to stay on the field. But I did not even think he was that great when he was on the field. So that's where I go with that. Next question. Assuming the Jets bring in a veteran and draft another quarterback lottery ticket, how can a team juggle trying to develop three young quarterbacks at the same time? With not enough reps to go around, what can a team do in order to try and develop the number two, three, and four quarterbacks in a meaningful way? Well, under that scenario, and I think it's quite plausible, I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but I think it's possible, I'm not convinced the Jets are keeping four quarterbacks again because when we're talking about Bryce Petty, now we're in year three, all right? And the threshold for Petty to make this team in year two was not as high as it would be in year three. Now we're talking a guy who's got actually has a handful of starts under his belt. He's been in, he's been in a pro, you know, he's been working with pro coaches for two years. He's going to have two full offseason programs. He'll have a third full training camp and he's going to be 26 years old. And the thing, the thing about being a project, it's what I talked about with Devin Smith is, you don't get to live off the fact you're a project forever. At some point, you actually have to start moving forward. And I think Petty, at year three and 26 years old, he has to be the backup quarterback next year. If he if he has not progressed, look, and this is you don't need to get all the way to franchise quarterback at once, but you do need to show progress along the way. And Petty, if he's not a backup caliber quarterback, if he has not grown into that caliber of player by year three, I don't think he's worth having around. And I think he's got a long way to go based on what we saw when he did play in 2016. So I'm not convinced the Jets end up keeping four because Petty may not 
have Petty may not keep uh, show that he deserves to have a roster spot this year. Now, as far as getting four quarterbacks reps, I think that's a legitimate concern. The only thing I'd say is that there's nothing to stop the team from you know figuring out a way to get a, get another guy extra reps. There are plenty of coaches on the staff. You have uh, if you've ever been to the uh, practice facility at Florham Park for training camp or some other reason, they have multiple fields. So even if you're at, you can I mean you can have somebody work with the extra quarterbacks on a, on a side field or something like that. Use some you know use some of the lower level guys on your roster. I don't think there's anything to necessarily stop you from that. Now, is this as high cali- Are these reps going to be as high quality as you want them? I don't know. Maybe not. But so that's what I would say. I think it is a legitimate concern. But here's the way I look at it, and I apologize if I'm repeating myself because again, this is something I've said frequently. Is I think of like the last I don't know five to ten spots on your roster really are developmental guys. They're guys that you know are not going to help your team this year, but you're hoping that you can develop them into something in the future. Well, the quarterback position is the most important on the field. I don't think there's anything wrong with you, you know, taking two shots at finding a develop a good developmental quarterback. I, what, what position would you keep a guy? Is it really worth having that extra safety or that extra, you know, guard or something like that? I don't have a big problem with it, but I do think you have to think about whether it's worth keeping certain players. And I think Petty right here is the wild card because Petty does not show a lot of improvement. I th- again, I think Petty needs to get to a point where he is a backup caliber quarterback by year three. Because, you, again, you don't get a lifetime pass just because you're a project. You got a pass in year one, fine. Even year two, okay. Year three, you got to show something. So that's I, I, so I'm not sure you're necessarily going to end up keeping four. I, I think you have a legitimate concern, but I do think the Jets could find ways to work around it. Next question is directed straight at me, and you're, you're asking, what pick would get John B. the most excited at number six right now? Obviously, you'd reserve the right to change your mind, just wondering who you really like the most. And I, I, you know, I always try and be noncommittal because whenever you never get any credit for getting one right, but whenever you get one wrong, it gets thrown back in your face. And you, you know, whenever you criticize a pick or you like a pick and someone disagrees with you, they'll always go back to that. They'll always say, oh, you got that? Yeah, well, you, you also said you liked this guy. Or you didn't like that guy. Look how that panned out. Um... But we all get stuff wrong. Um, I'll throw out the name, and it's not a position a lot of people would love to draft at six, but I really like Dalvin Cook, the uh, Florida State running back. I think that guy is looking like a real future star in this league. And you get a running back, you get a dynamic running back, it changes the complexion of the offense. And a lot of people, and this is something that I, I think is a mistaken view towards the draft. People look at what position is my team the weakest at? That's where I should draft. And that's certainly one way to look at needs. And from that standpoint, you may say the Jets don't need a running back because they have Bilal Powell and Matt Forte maybe coming back and hopefully a backup role. But I think what the Jets need more than anything is an identity on offense. And you give you have a guy like Cook who you can feed the ball to. And then then you have Powell as a number two that who can take take some of the pressure off him that's a pretty good one-two punch you know you you can feed you can build a running you can build your offense around the run game build over build it around your backs and it just takes pressure off everybody else defenses can't be as aggressive can't show as many exotic blitzes because you may have a guy blitzing out of a gap where the ball's going to be run defense you know maybe has to move extra guys up into the box which both simplifies the coverages you face and gives receivers better matchups. So 
I think that that's uh, it, uh, that that's my guy right now. And thank you for giving me the chance to re- right to re- to change my mind. I do appreciate that. Uh, that anyway, it's a good question. Um, next question is about Darren Lee. I recall on one of your podcasts a guest thinking that Lee should move to outside linebacker. Do you think they should try? him outside to take advantage of his speed. And you're referring to Dave T. Thomas, the uh, great uh, longtime scout in the NFL. Um, really bright guy, really encyclopedic knowledge. He writes this incredibly detailed book on uh, for the league on their draft prospects with, I mean, all the information you could ever want. I mean, you probably, you probably know the guy's favorite, favorite uh, food, favorite dinner. <laughs> based on the information uh, Dave T. Thomas provides. So I have nothing but respect for the guy. I, I don't agree with him on that. I think Lee and this the defense the Jets run. Now, it depends on what depends on what defense you're talking about. If you run to more if you run more four man fronts, you know, 4-3 four, four, base then yeah, I see Lee as an outside linebacker there, but in this defense, the your inside linebackers are handle most of the coverage responsibilities and I think the player the Jets want Lee to be is they want him to be a guy you can match up against backs and uh, tight ends and coverage and still play the run effectively I'm not sure I see Lee as a big time pass rusher from the edge I'm not sure he's got the repertoire of moves now I could see him as a blitzer you know use his speed some of those a gap blitzes and he's pretty good at identifying the the crease on the inside when there's a breach in the uh, blocking scheme pretty good at finding that and exploding through it but i i think in this defense he's an inside linebacker that's where i think he is anyway thank you so much for your questions great questions as always that'll do it for our show today this is the locked on jets podcast it's part of the locked on podcast network we hope you'll subscribe to the show you can do do so by either the itunes or the audio audio boom route and you can also give the show good ratings we would greatly appreciate that Until next time, we'll chat again on Friday, and I hope you enjoy your Thursday. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. List.